In many cases, there's a disconnect between what people think education should be and what education is or what education says it is. Hello, and welcome to the Arts of Language podcast with Andrew Poudois, founder of the Institute for Excellence in Writing, or as many like to say, IEW. My name is Julie Walker, and I'm honored to serve Andrew and IEW as the Director of Marketing. Our goal here is to equip teachers and teaching parents with methods and materials which will aid them in training their students to become confident and competent communicators and thinkers. So Andrew, last week we talked a little bit about your young adult experiences, and some of those included a little bit of college, some of them included entrepreneurial activities, but all of it included a lot of education until you finally met Dr. Webster in 1990 in Canada. So I just thought I'd like to just take a moment and acknowledge that or ask you about your own decision to not complete your college degree? I mean, you certainly could right now. Would you ever consider <laughs> completing your college degree? Well, I, I had thought mm-hmm. about if I didn't have anything better to do, <laughs> I might go back to one of these small liberal arts colleges mm-hmm. and read great books. And But who wants to be that old guy on campus? You know, it just, <laughs> it probably wouldn't fit. Plus, I don't have nothing to do. I have a lot to do, Yes, like recording podcasts with you and traveling the world and teaching Dr. Webster's system. Mm -hmm. But it is something to have dropped out of college. You know, some people look at it negatively, Mm -hmm. just de facto, like, okay, you couldn't make it. Or some people look at it like, whoa, you dropped out of college and you have had a modicum of success or you have a good business or you seem smart. So, you know, there's going to be both both extremes, both opinions. I, I am in a tradition that goes way back. Mm-hmm. Benedict of Nursia was basically a college dropout, and he went out into the woods to pray and find God, and then pretty soon men came to follow his pursuit of holiness, and then he ended up starting 12 monasteries, and then within a 1,000 years, there were 20,000 monasteries. So he did so for the reason that being in the college, being in the school, and studying what he was studying was not what he was ultimately called to. And I think that was probably my situation, too. And, of course, we can look at more modern examples. Bill Gates, I think Mark Zuckerberg just received an honorary doctorate (laughs) from the school that he dropped out of. Interesting. if, If my reading of the news was correct. So certainly, college is neither a guarantee nor a prerequisite for success. Yeah, I like to think that college oftentimes, completing a college degree is a way to demonstrate perseverance, that hard work is immensely satisfying, those kind of ideas that I hoped to instill in my boys as they were growing up. But clearly your path demonstrates hard work. Well, I yeah, to whatever degree I worked hard, maybe it does. (laughs) But there are some character qualities that can be developed Mm -hmm. in either venue, you yeah. know, self-employment, entrepreneurial, nonprofit, self-education. 
And those can also be developed in college, but then it doesn't guarantee those would be developed. And one thing we do know, and I've tried this experiment many times this summer, is that I have asked audiences that I'm speaking to, if you have to either hire, because you're a business owner, supervisor, manager of some sort, or teach, because you teach in a college or university, if you have to hire or teach high school graduates, what do you want? What kind of people Mm -hmm. do you want? And pretty much it's all that character stuff. And they'll say things like attentive, perseverant, interested, humble, teachable, excited, passionate, communicate well, all sorts of things that you can't really teach academically, Mm -hmm. which is, I, I see a huge disparity between this little buzzwords that made it way, made its way into the redesigned SAT and other standard stuff, college and career readiness, mm-hmm. right? You've heard that. Sure. College and career. So as if college and career readiness were academic mm-hmm. things. Right. So, okay, I know so much math. I know so much grammar. I know so much environmental science. And that's going to make me ready for the real world. Whereas the people who have to hire the high school graduates that have a completely different set of priorities. So I'd say in many cases, there's a disconnect between what people think education should be and what education is or what education says itself is right. to the degree education can define itself. Right. But we, we can look to the college board and the standards and the, the lingo. So I'm encouraging young people do a few things. Number one, as I mentioned last week, take charge of your own education, right? Stop being bossed around by bossing yourself around. And if you choose to go to a college or university, don't go there simply to do time, get grades, put them on a transcript, and get a degree. If that's the only reason you're going, well, there's cheaper, easier ways to do that, right? Right. But you want to go and search out those great minds that can help you learn to think better. You look for the true mentor type of professors, and you look for opportunity to read the great minds of the past. Mm -hmm. So they always say there's two types of people you meet in your life, living ones and dead ones, Mm -hmm. right? The living ones are your friends, your teachers, your students, your colleagues, your associates, the people you choose to interact with on a daily basis. And then the dead ones are the people who wrote stuff that you read. Or perhaps in some cases, they made movies, and you watch those movies. Or they wrote music, and you appreciate those music. So by getting in direct contact with great minds, both living and, and posthumously, you have then the best opportunity to elevate yourself. Yes, exactly. Now, you tell a story about you contrast two different students. They both come out of class, and one student goes to the coffee shop. I'm going to stop right there and let you tell the story. Oh, yes, this is in the note-taking. Yeah, it's, it's... The advanced communication course. It's about how to study mm-hmm. intentionally rather than accidentally. Right. So, yes, so there's two students. They look very similar. Student A 
comes out of class, hoists on his backpack, trapes down to the coffee shop, throw the backpack on the floor, gets something to drink, finds someone to talk to, and chats about the sports games or the cute girls or the stupid professors or whatever. When is the next time that person is going to think about the lecture material they just sat through? Well, probably the day before the midterm, where they pull out 20 pages of notes and try to read those notes and remind themselves of what was said in class weeks ago. Not terribly efficient. So that's student A. Student B knows how to maximize their time. So student B looks very much like student A, but student B gets out of class, hoists on the backpack, cruises down to the coffee shop, throw the backpack on the floor, get something to drink, find someone to talk to, and then starts trying to relay to his or her friend what he just heard in his lecture on causes of the French Revolution or biochemical reactions or child psychology. You know, whatever people are learning, maybe in some rare cases they learn something about how to write papers or essays. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Mm -hmm. But if you communicate what you've learned to someone right after you learned it, you lock it into your brain in the best possible way. And that's a habit. That's a habit of learning that can be established, and it just takes a little bit of discipline, and it also takes some friends who are willing to listen to you tell what you learned in class or what you read in a book rather than chat about the the effluvia of daily life. Mm -hmm. So you need both things. Habits intellectual habits, and good friends. Right, exactly. So as I mentioned last week, you have opportunity to teach your high school essay intensive course. And I know that those last few minutes, you have an opportunity to talk heart to heart to those teens. Well, you know, when you have a captive audience Mm -hmm. of 75 teenagers, it's an opportunity. You don't want to not take advantage of. But I try to drop key things in throughout the day, and most people appreciate that. A lot of the parents will say things like, thank you so much <laughs> for saying that, because I've been trying to tell my my kids that, and right. I'm glad they heard it, right. again, from someone other than me. Mm-hmm. One of the things is, what do you really need? What will make you successful in the world? And I tell a little story about one of my daughter's friends, probably her best friend growing up. So she finished her high school years, and she went off and enrolled in Catholic University in Washington, D.C., where she did a double major in finance and Chinese. Wow. Right? So international finance and Chinese. Okay. That's a fairly specialized niche kind of Mm -hmm. an academically challenging thing, especially at that school. So obviously, smart girl. Anyway, her first summer, she got an internship with the State Department, and she was working there for a few weeks or a month or whatever, and the way she tells the story is her supervisor in the State Department called her in and said he wanted to talk to her. She was a little nervous, oh no, am I not doing good, or did I do something wrong, or whatever, and and very seriously, he says, do you know anyone else like you? (laughs) Nice. (laughs) She's like, "Uh, what do you mean, like me? He goes, well, you see, what we need are people like you, people who are organized, communicate well, take initiative, have a sense of respect and place 
are cheerful and have a genuinely a genuine desire to serve and be helpful, you are the type of person we want here mm -hmm. in the State Department. Mm -hmm. So if you happen to know anyone like you, <laughs> would you please send them our way? Mm -hmm. And by the way, when you graduate three years from now, you got a job right here. Nice. And isn't that mm -hmm. typifying what I was saying earlier, is that what employers really want isn't, oh, well, we're so excited that you are in finance and Chinese, but it's, well, you are an excellent person right? who has these qualities. And, and I've talked to a lot of people who run businesses or manage. You can teach the technicalities of things to people, but you can't easily teach or change the fabric of who they are. Right. So my advice at the end of the HSE is basically I've got, you know, two, two bits of advice for you. And the reason I would give you this advice is because I think that you probably at some level of your being are aware that you've been born in what euphemistically might be called interesting times. Hmm. I heard once that there was a, a Chinese curse, may you be born in interesting times. Oh, dear. <laughs> but that seems to possibly be a rumor. Mm -hmm. I don't, I haven't found any substantiation for that. But certainly what do we mean by interesting would be times that are volatile, thing, times where things may change. If everything kind of keeps going on as it is, well, that's okay, but that doesn't happen for all of history, right? So there are major changes. There's economic upheavals. There are geopolitical changes that happen. There's revolutions and, and governments and rising up of of new influences and forces, and sometimes those are for the better, and sometimes those are not. Mm -hmm. But that type of chaotic time, that's often where we look back and we see real leaders come out. So yes. we look at who are the leaders that come to mind quickly. Well, for us Americans, it's maybe the founders of the colonies. It's maybe the framers of the the Constitution and the new government. It's those people who led us through the chaos of uh, wars between the states. It's people who rose up and made a difference as we entered in world wars and the civil rights movements. Those tend to be the people we look at and say they had leadership. Mm -hmm. That's an example of leadership. And why? Because leadership was needed mm -hmm. at that time. So I always say there's a very good chance that you, young people, have been born into a time and place where there may be some chaos in the future. Yes. Right? Who's to say there's not? You can't borrow money indefinitely, mm -hmm. although the governments like to imagine it possible, but it's never worked, and there's always chaos as a result. You, there's all sorts of forces that, that seem to be stressing the fabric of our political system, and, and of course, international. So who knows? You know, I'm not trying to be pessimistic, although I often <laughs> am a little pessimistic. But I'm just saying, you may have a sense that you've been born into this time, and you need to be prepared for that to help lead your peers, many of whom are perhaps a little clueless. Mm -hmm. They haven't taken the same steps to prepare themselves with the character and the knowledge and the skills that will make them leaders. So two things to keep in mind. Number one, when you go and get a job, don't just get a job to make money. That, that's not 
a reason for you to get a job. Other people can do that, but you're more important. If you have a sense of destiny and mission, you want to be sure that the job either you can work for someone who will mentor you and help you develop the character and skills you need, or for an organization, you can learn from organizations and their systems and, and learn those things. Like I did when I dropped out of college and I worked for this nonprofit, I was mentored so well. Or for a cause that really makes the world a better place, yeah. and you learn doing that. But if you're just driving to the burger place so you can sell burgers, so you can pay for the car insurance and the gas, so you can drive to the burger place, <laughs> you're in the wrong loop. Let other people do that. You want to use the opportunity and, you know, be open to that, and all sorts of opportunities may present themselves. Exactly. And the second thing is, I said, as I mentioned before, if you're going to go to college, don't just go to get the degree. Don't just get a piece of paper. Go to actually get a good education, get in direct contact with the great minds that you can, both living and your professors and friends, and the dead and the great books that you can read and develop. If you just think along those lines, is what I'm doing now helping me grow in my character, giving me useful, rich knowledge, and helping me develop skills so that I can be on track for my mission in life. Of course, the thing is, when you're 17 or 22, you may have no idea what your mission in life is. (laughs) But you can have, as I had, Mm -hmm. an intuitive sense of what you need to do to be prepared. And in my case, the mission really kind of started up when I was around 35 years old, and I began IEW and and started to see, I can take Webster's course. He's a PhD. He knows what he's doing. I can take that, and I can teach it and practice and get good at it and get good at teaching other people how to teach it. And, you know, I'm the first to always say, I'm not very creative. I don't have a lot of original ideas, but I do like to be able to recognize those good ideas and then work with them and present and represent them to people for their benefit. So that's what I do, my niche, my story. Right. And I think the advice that you just shared right now can be helpful for so many adults as well as teens that are graduating from high school. And I guess when I retire, (laughs) like at 82, (laughs) maybe then I'll go back to college. Sounds great. Thanks so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, you can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes or Stitcher, or just visit us each week at IEW.com slash podcast. Until then, on behalf of Andrew Poudois and the team at IEW, I thank you for the privilege of allowing us to partner with you on this educational journey toward better listening, speaking, reading, writing, and thinking.